And my name's Theoni, and you are listening to Piping Hot. Welcome to the second episode. We made it. <laughs> well, it's technically the third episode, Selena. You're right. You're I'm right. I'm so sorry <laughs> to correct you right off the bat because I'm rude. Um, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> second topic practically because last time we weren't expecting to do it in two episodes. Yes, yes, that's right. I feel like I do know a little more what I'm doing this time around. So I'm really excited to like do this, you know? Yes. I feel like we've learned like so, so much in like the past week or two, which is like great. And like we're we're learning a lot and it's it's been super fun. So Selena, what tea are you drinking this week? Yes. So last week I drank peppermint, but this week I'm drinking stress relief from Yogi, <laughs> like the brand Yogi. I don't I don't know what like the the flavor is. It's great, but um <laughs> all that matters is that it's stress relief because it's been a freaking week. <laughs> oh gosh. Um do you feel like your stress has been relieved? Is the tea working? <laughs> I've only had like two sips, so I'm not sure. <laughs> You're like, give me a minute for it yeah. to like sink in and then I'll let you know where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about you, Theoni? What are you drinking today? Yes. So my friend Helen for my birthday, she got me, it's called Lee's Tea or something like that. It has, it's like in a pink package and it comes with like an elephant on front and it's a pink chai. So it's actually really good. I've never had something like this before, but I literally love it. So thanks, Helen. That sounds that sounds so fancy. It is. And you should have seen the pouch it came in. Like it was this yeah. little triangle, like mesh. Like, I don't even know. It was really cool. I was like, oh, I felt very delicate. Yeah. I don't know. You're just so fancy <laughs> with your fancy tea. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So what happened this week? What was so stressful? Like, are you good? <laughs> I'm I'm okay. It's just been so freaking hectic. Like I don't you know like when your like life is like falling apart and you like see it falling apart but you're just so exhausted that like you can't even do anything about it. Yes. Like you're just like here for the ride. You're like, "Oh, yeah. oh okay." <laughs> I don't know. That's that's just been like me and I like oh my god, work has been freaking insane and on Tuesday I cried over an excel sheet that I had to oh. do because I was so str- like I don't know what I'm doing I literally do not know what I'm doing and I like oh. and I had to like I had to like bring it to my manager obviously because she like gave me the task to do yeah. it and I was so stressed because again I do not know what I'm doing and I just like cried over it I'm so sorry. I that is the worst feeling, of, especially for people who are type A like us. It's really hard to feel like you don't know what you're doing because you just yeah. want to have everything organized. You want to know what you need to do. You want to just like get it done, be efficient. And like when it's sitting there, and then you have to like ask for help. You have to figure it out. It's like it's really hard. And mm-hmm. I'm really sorry you were so stressed. And like I totally get what you mean about just like watching it fall apart. And I did not mean to laugh when you were talking about that because it's like. <laughs> not funny that you like you're seeing yeah. your life fall apart <laughs> person but like it's the way you described it but like it's very very relatable because I mean that's happened to me 
like so many times. So like, I very much understand how that's like, and it's not fun. And like, I hope that I hope that this week is better and that hopefully you can get kind of a handle on things that were happening. And, um, yeah. Thanks. It's really sweet. It's okay. Um, my therapist, Rebecca knows all about it. (laughs) She's been, she's been helping me through it. (laughs) Oh, good. We love a good therapist. (laughs) I know. Right. (laughs) What about you? You, you started school, right? Yes. I, it's funny you say you feel like your life is falling apart because I kind of had that moment like yesterday um, because I had like a really long day with all of my clients for, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know if people don't know this, like I'm in grad school right now for mental health counseling. So, you know, I have my own clients now. I'm like trying to work with them and stuff. And I just had a really tough week with them. And sometimes mm. you see them like kind of I don't know, either not making the best choices or just going through something really hard. And sometimes it's really hard to feel like you're just not helping them or something or not doing as much as I could be. And like, I know that I am and I'm knowing, no, I'm doing what I need to do, but it's just sometimes like burnout is very real as like a therapist, you know what I mean? And I'm starting to realize that. And, Mm -hmm. um, so just trying to work through that, I was just feeling really exhausted yesterday and then my friend called me and she's going through something really hard right now and you know Mm -hmm. obviously she's back in Minnesota and it's just it's really hard to feel like I'm not I don't know being able to be there for her in the way that I want to be so just a lot of heavy stuff this week but you know I I got organized my little wall file things came in from Amazon. So now I feel like I don't have junk lying around. Like I'm more organized. Like I I use today to like catch up on some stuff. So I'm feeling a lot better than I did, thankfully. Good. So, That's good. Yes. And you also took a nap earlier today, right? Oh my gosh, I sure did. I set an alarm though because otherwise I'm convinced I like would have slept for three hours. <laughs> but I, I texted Selena before we started recording and I was like, Selena, like are you going to like look cute? Like what's the situation? She's like, I'm just going to put on minimal makeup. And I was like, okay, because I look absolutely busted right now after my nap and I need to know what level I need to get to. So aside from me looking busted um, after my nap, I'm just curious, what little pop culture things did you think about this week? Because I honestly don't have a ton. Maybe I need to do some more TikToking to figure it out, but I'm curious what you have for me. Yeah. Okay. I don't have as much as I did last time, but also because my life is falling apart, I haven't been on TikTok for a, <laughs> for a good while. But that's okay. That's healthy, you know. Mm-hmm. Taking a break. You need but, space from social media. Oh, of course. But the big thing that I want to talk about is that Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra <gasps> had a baby. I'm shocked because especially because there were all those rumors about like her removing Jonas from her name and like everyone thought and we were talking about this. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but we were talking about how we feel like it might have been a PR relationship or like something like that and all these different things we heard. So then when I heard they had a baby, I was like, what the heck? (laughs) Like, are you serious? Like, literally so left field because, again, too, like, everyone was like, oh, they're getting a divorce because she moved, like, Jonas from her name. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, they're getting a divorce. And literally out of nowhere, they're like, surprise, we had a baby. Like, okay. (laughs) Happy for them. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's great. 
do you know what the baby's name is or have they no. not revealed it yet i don't i don't think they've revealed it they just made a post okay. of being like oh we had a baby via surrogate yes. and we just like like some privacy for so now or whatever but wow yeah crazy very literally shooketh i yeah i got i got a notification from like apple like news or whatever mm-hmm. and it was like Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra had a baby and I my jaw dropped and I was gonna I was gonna screenshot it and send it to you but I was like oh no I'll I'll tell her on the podcast (laughs) I love that your apple like news told you like as if that's the most important thing happening right now I mean it is very important okay and then the last thing that I will will say or at least like Mm -hmm. whatever's happening in like the gossip sphere um sure a couple weeks ago, the Moon Knight trailer dropped, and that's a new <gasps> show on Disney Plus. Have you seen it yet? I, I feel like no. You know what? I haven't. I have not seen it yet. I know it's tragic because I am like a huge Marvel fan, like huge. So I can't believe I haven't seen it. Is it good? Like, are you? Yes. Excited? Well, it has um, Oscar Isaac in it, who um, was <gasps> yes. in the Star Wars. Then the most recent star wars trilogy Mm -hmm. and i i well first of all i love him i think he's so great but i love i'm so obsessed with like the story of like moon knight because i don't i don't really know that superhero per se but yeah i'm so excited and the trailer was so good like i just want to know more like that's that's where i'm at right now well i kind of agree with you there because i don't know moon Knight at all i really don't know the mm-hmm. storyline like i don't know anything like that so i'm really excited to have something to watch that i literally have no idea about i think it's like really exciting and i think mm-hmm. oscar isaac is such a cutie so can't wait can't wait to can't wait to watch it yes same but oh my gosh yeah. and speaking of marvel did you see that um toby mcguire andrew garfield and tom holland finally did an interview all together I did. I did. It made my heart so happy. I literally watched the whole thing and was just sitting there smiling to myself because they were all just so supportive of each other. And I'm just obsessed. And I can't. Yeah, I know we talked about this before, but that movie, I just can't believe how big it is. But anyways, I I love seeing that interview. It was literally so wholesome. Just like Mm -hmm seeing all of them interact because they're like from different generations of like spider-man but like it uh they're just like so both (laughs) not both all of them like all three of them their um spider-man films are just like so they're so precious and i feel like they they all have like their own sentimental value and stuff you know like toby for sure being like the first spider-man and andrew I will obviously just Andrew. <laughs> like, what else do I need? <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> yeah. And then Tom with, like, the MCU. So, yeah, it was super cute. Okay. So, I don't know about you, but I'm very ready to just, like, dig into the love hypothesis because I – not that I forgot how good it was, but, like, rereading it to, like, do the notes for this, I, like, couldn't stop giggling to myself. Like, my roommate literally came and knocked on my door and she was like, why are you giggling? And I was like, I'm just reading a book. <laughs> and it just happened to be <laughs> a certain chapter, which shall be discussed later. But uh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, if you're if you're watching the podcast right now, like I can't stop smiling. Like my cheeks hurt because I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited because I've like I've literally <laughs> – I've gotten three 
pe- four people to read this book now. And I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, and I'm so excited to finally talk about it because I just need I need someone to talk about it. I know, right? <laughs> I literally need to just like get it out of my system. Yeah. Um, I was going to say maybe before we dive in, do we want to give listeners kind of like a background and like our reading habits and stuff? Because like I know oh. like I'm I'm a really avid reader, but I know yeah. you have like recently gotten into like romance novels, which is why <laughs> I recommended The Love Hypothesis <laughs> to you. Yes. Okay. So – I honestly, (laughs) the last book I read before I recently started again a few months ago was like years ago. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, I hate reading. Like I just, I don't like it or whatever. But then my roommate is like a very avid reader, kind of like you. And she Mm -hmm. convinced me to read this one book. I forget which book it was. I don't know. She bought me some random one. I forget which Mm -hmm. one it was, but I read it and it was like a contemporary romance. And I was like, I literally loved it. And so then, you know, she would be like, want to come to Barnes and Noble with me? And I was like, oh, sure. And then I would like buy books. And now I'm just like on a roll. And I haven't branched out again from contemporary romance. But like, Mm. that's I'm loving that spot right now. So that's like my reading right now. Contemporary romance is like huge right now, which like I don't I'm not surprised because we've been in this like parallelogram for like two years now. Parallelogram? (laughs) Wait, how did you choose that shape? (laughs) Wait, have you seen that TikTok where it's like you don't say pandemic, you say anything but pandemic? No. Have you seen that? (laughs) That's why I was like, why the heck are you saying parallelogram? I was like, what? Okay, wait. After this podcast, I'm gonna send. Okay. I'm gonna send you a TikTok because it's like people, it's people using different words than the pan- pandemic to describe the pandemic. It is like there's like it was like parallelogram. I think there was like um another like math one that people were using and like just like random stuff. It's that- so funny. Okay, I know I'm going to love it because that reminds me of this one older YouTube video where this guy is like mispronouncing or like reading YouTube comments where these people would misspell pregnant and then it was like pregante or pregnant or like random things and it's so funny. Wait, because of that video, I do not say pregnant, like correct anymore. I say say pregnant or I say like whatever it is. It's just like as a joke, I, I say it wrong so that then I can like see if people get the joke joke or not like if they've seen the video yes. yet like very important <laughs> yes yes that's so funny oh my gosh um anyway you're reading habits. yes my reading habits but you know contemporary uh romance has been huge because like everyone needs like an outlet and um there's just been like so many different like rom-com novels coming out and stuff. For me, I've like always loved reading, but I yeah. only only read young adult fantasy and it wasn't until when the pandemic hit I like branched out to like d- different genres because I was like, okay, well, not that like I don't like young adult fantasy anymore. It's just like I can only take so much. Well, of course. It's like um, and book burnout is very real, right? So it's like Oh yeah. It's like and you can still like that and you can always go back to it, but it's kind of fun to like branch out, I feel like. I'm going to have to get to that soon. So. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm I have all the recommendations. So <laughs> you're like hit me up. <laughs> I heard about the love hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood through TikTok because obviously I'm on Book Talk, mm-hmm. and I was like, 
I don't read contemporary romances, but everyone literally will not shut up about this book. And I was like, okay, I, I have to buy it and I have to see like what it's all about. Yes. And I just loved it that I had to tell literally everyone in my life to read it. I told my older sister to read it and she finished it in like two days. I told my other friend to read it and she also finished it in two days. And Theoni, um, how fast did you finish The Love Hypothesis? I think, did I finish it in a day? I think I Yes, you did. <laughs> Listeners, I went to bed at like 11 and at 6 p.m. that night Theoni had texted me saying that you know she was 50 pages in and I was so excited for her right I wake up to a text from her at 3 a.m. saying that she's on page like 200 something and I was like girl it was literally the text was literally like I know you're sleeping but I just have to tell you that I'm on page like 200 whatever and it's so good I haven't stopped and then and then I texted her again when I woke up at like 9 a.m. the next morning I was like Theoni, like, did you finish it? And she's like, yes. <laughs> I I literally, though, now that you see that, I totally forgot that I finished it that fast. But, I mean, it's so addicting. And, like, each chapter gives you a little nugget that you're like, I have to keep reading. Like, I have yes. to. And, like, yes. at if you guys haven't read it, at the beginning of each chapter, there's something called, like, a hypothesis. And it'll give you just, like, a little random thing that'll keep yes. you into what the chapter is about. So if you even look at the beginning of a chapter and read it, you're like, now I have to read the whole chapter. It's it's literally so good. I, I can't it, yes. say enough, you know? <laughs> also, by the way, if you haven't read The Love Hypothesis yet, like... Maybe uh, listen to this episode later and then go read the book and then come back and freak out with us because I don't want to spoil anything from you because I think you should read this book with no spoilers because it's so good. Before Theoni starts, I wanted to tell you something about this book. Did you know that it was a fanfic oh. for Kylo Ren and Rey from Star Wars? I did! I did know that because, oh my gosh, and I... Which I think is so crazy because, okay, something funny about it. The characters on the cover don't necessarily match at all what I feel no. like they are described as in the book. But the p characters on the cover look more like, you know, what what's his name? I'm not a big Star Wars person. Ray um, and... Kylo. Kylo Ren. Yes. And the mm -hmm. fact that the main character's name is Adam. Adam? As in Adam <laughs> Driver. Okay, yes. don't dare tell me that that wasn't on purpose. It was like, oh shut the, the heck up. Oh my gosh. I went into it knowing that it was a fanfic. So I was like trying to draw like comparisons oh. being like, okay, well, I obviously know that like Adam is like technically Kylo Ren and like mm -hmm. Olive is Ray. So I was trying to draw comparisons and like, I, I mean, there was some more so with Adam, but like I couldn't really find anything particular for like olive and ray if that makes sense okay so that's like good to know because i didn't know it was like like based off of like a fanfic from yeah when i started reading it and i don't know the story that well so i kind of got in like to go in with fresh eyes but i'm curious yeah. like what fanfic it was based off of because maybe there would be more comparisons to that versus just the characters so ali hazelwood writes fan fiction and she oh. wrote kylo ray and um kylo ray kylo ren and ray fan fiction and oh. she pulled from parts of her fan fiction online to come up with the love hypothesis 
That's amazing. I love that. I literally love that. What the heck? <laughs> right? Like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I so clever. Literally so clever. I mean, we're already so very excited, so we should maybe possibly jump in, right? Okay. Alrighty. So for each chapter, we're gonna just do like a brief synopsis and then we'll like go into it. So first I have the prologue. So here's the little synopsis I wrote. The prologue sets up the entire rest of the book. You meet Olive, the female protagonist who is just about to interview for grad school. She is nervous and doubting herself, but who wouldn't be? When she finds herself in the bathroom because of years-long expired contacts, she meets the guy. I can't, I'm already giggling. <laughs> Although she can't see him, she takes note of his deep voice and his ability to surprise her. The guy pushes her to come up with a reason why she wants to go to grad school in the first place, and she finds herself opening up. By the end of the chapter, we find the guy giving all of the reassurance she needed to push through the rest of her interview. The prologue ends giving us a sneak peek into the next chapter as Olive was accepted to grad school. So... Oh my god, that was such a good, concise synopsis. Mine is not that good, you guys. Mine is not that good. I I think it's because I was like rereading it as I wrote it. I don't I don't know. I think I was just so excited. I was like, I need to do this. So here's the first thing that I like noticed. Right off the bat, Olive was so relatable. Like I just the way that she reacted to things, the way that she described things, the way she got emotional. I'm in yes. grad school at the time, like in the prologue, she's 23. I'm 24. Like I was just like, of course, immediate. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're we're so alike. Like, ugh. but like, I don't know. I just so right away I was loved her. No, uh, I agree a hundred percent. Cause I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it's like Allie Hazelwood's like writing style or whatever, or like Olive's voice that um, Allie writes in. But Olive was just like literally so relatable. Yes. I loved her, and and the prologue pulled us in immediately. And like I think, I think it's so funny because one of the things that I think is like relatable, or at least to me personally is like the expired contacts because when I was in college I was so poor that I would also wear them for a really long oh. time and I was like oh girl <laughs> I know your pain I know your pain <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny that you have like yeah. that's like a very specific similarity you're like right off the back you're like girl I know your pain like yeah. I know it yeah <laughs> um the way that we're introduced to the guy in quotes was so vague that automatically I was like, who is it? I need to know more. Like mm -hmm. I, it was, I'm one of those people that like, I love a slow burn and like, I love mm -hmm. not knowing everything right away, but I also hate it in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just going to say that like, the second he walked in and the second we got like the description of like oh his voice was low and like da, 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 all that i knew i the second i knew i was like this is this is the guy that she's gonna fall in love with mm -hmm. i just know it yeah. and like it's it's so convenient that she like can't see him but he can <laughs> see her like it was again it was just like perfect for a rom-com and i like loved it so much oh my gosh i love when they set it up like that it's so good <laughs> yes <laughs> I and I I love that she got 
like she was almost getting irritated and like I love how there would be dialogue and then we would get like the paragraphs about like what her mindset is like going through and like I yeah. love when she was thinking about like oh why does he keep saying it's his bathroom and like all of these different things and like my note literally says he he um <laughs> because <laughs> little do you know um and okay, what did I write? I said on page six, the guy responds to her insecurity with a question, which was completely unexpected to her. And I think that that just like made me root for that right away because already he was like surprising her and like all of these things. And I was like, okay, we love a good, like, we love a good relationship that like challenges each other. And I feel like we got yeah. like a little nugget of that right away. Um, it, w it was their meet cute, you know, like mm -hmm. even though like Olive didn't know who it was, it was like their meet cute. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then I guess the last thing I have for that um, is there's this one line that says that she says, I can hear him smiling. And that I just loved it so much because I was like, that's so cute. Like, mm -hmm. because it's so true. You can hear when someone's smiling, right? And I think, I don't know. I just thought that was, I don't know. I don't know why I had to pinpoint that. But I just think it's so cute. Yeah, no. And again, I think it's it's to like Allie Hazelwood's writing is that like she mm -hmm. took away Olive's vision. So like we had to like get to know this like mysterious guy with all of her other senses. And again, I think it was just like so creative. And I think that's mm -hmm. why I was like pulled in so quickly with this mm -hmm. book. Yes, I totally agree. Um, but that kind of leads us into chapter one. So I'm going to read you a little a little synopsis. Um, we'll see if it flows as well as the first one did. Okay. Chapter one is where Olive meets Dr. Adam Carlson in a crazy turn of events where she kisses him in the hallway because he was the random person who happened to be there just because she wants her friend not to feel badly about dating someone she went on dates with. You get to see how Adam pushes Olive in an interesting way and see her regret her options. The way Olive thinks is also on display in this chapter due to her going back and forth between knowing what she did was wrong but also enjoying it even if she doesn't want to. So. <laughs> Theody, these descriptions are so good. I feel so insecure now. Like, I don't no. want to do my chapters. Stop. <laughs> they will be so great. Don't even worry about it, girl. I, you're so fine. Um, um, okay, this is a very... Throughout my chapters, of course, like, I have bigger things to say, but a lot of it is just little reactions to, like I already said, Allie Hazelwood's writing. Because the way she writes things literally makes me, like, die. Like, I, I don't know how else to describe it. So, the first one. Um, so, obviously, like, when they finally kiss, like, in the hallway, like, out of surprise, he, like, she describes him as, like holding her waist or something or like holding mm -hmm. her and she describes yeah. it as not like too high or too low but just so I don't know why that little two words I was like he's holding her just so like I don't even know like I I, I actually oh I love it I again it's the first chapter and I'm already dying like I'm like what is happening well okay Literally. So I will say, though, when I first read chapter one, I was like, what is happening right now? Like, I was so disoriented. And I was like, I don't 
what's happening? And then it slowly like dawned on me that she's like, oh, oh, she, she's kissing someone right mm-hmm. now. Like, holy crap. But I, I agree that like Ellie Hazelwood's like descriptions is so good. And it's like, I think in chapter one, she says that like, it's like right on, like right on her ribs yes. right? or something, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because that will come like into play later. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, you guys. Like, if you're listening, like, I'm literally. <laughs> We're never gonna get through this. Literally, I'm like crying right now. Literally, We're never... me too. <laughs> this is gonna be a problem. <laughs> just this book that like makes me actually lose control like i think it might be both i think it's both i think it's both okay moving deep breaths okay um okay so (laughs) so i one of the things that i love most in this book is like the push and pull of like every interaction right so like especially in this first moment where they first like kiss and like pull away olive's like battling with like i kind of enjoyed that but i really shouldn't be doing that and i need to never do that again and so it's just like that push and pull just like makes me want it to happen more you know what i mean but like i love yeah i love her thought process um and i feel like that's very much on display in this chapter um and then I love when she literally says, fuck her life, fuck her life, as if that isn't like all of our inner dialogue when yeah. we do something that like we don't like or like is regretful. Um, and that's like she is realizing that Adam is Dr. Adam Carlson. So one of mm-hmm. like the big professors there and all of these things. And she just has a moment of like, what have I done? And like you said earlier, it's like, she she didn't really know what was happening at first but then that moment when it sets in and she describes him as like a known ass and just like goes through all of the reasons why he's not a good person i was like oof oof yeah and again i think too it shows that like olive is so impulsive like mm-hmm. she just kind of like acts before she thinks and i love that about her mm-hmm. sometimes but like <laughs> i think it's great that like this was the first chapter that we saw of her of her like thinking or not thinking of her like acting before thinking and I I just think it's so funny because it's such a huge thing that like happens yeah no 100% (laughs) so there's this one part where I literally like wheezed out loud on page 12 um he goes did you just kiss me and she goes nope and I was (laughs) like um I think I think he knows that that's exactly what just happened like honey yeah come on now <laughs> you can't lie your way out of this you literally, literally just kissed him like, and it's like at that moment she's doing everything she can to like 
not feel the gravity of like what just happened you know yeah um and i just love the way that they're bickering about like the title four complaint and like how she shouldn't have done that which like i think is like so funny throughout the book but i just love that right away that even though they're both probably like so nervous and like what's going on they have that like rapport of like bickering and like pushing each other's buttons and i love that i think Allie Hazelwood did such a great job with their banter, which again, I think is the reason why I love this book so much. It's so natural, but so funny and like so Mm -hmm. believable. Like I just, oh my God, I was obsessed with it. (laughs) I was too. I was too. Uh, (laughs) um, And okay. So one of the biggest things that, and I'm sure you'll talk about this more too, is just like, why did Olive go to those lengths to just not talk to her friend about something that could have been so simple. Like, and I think that you realize in the first chapter that like her intentions are pure. She really does just want to like do the best for people. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, girl, did you have to like create such a big lie just for something so simple? Like, I, I don't know. I was just like, girl, what are you getting yourself into? Oh, yeah. No, I I get into it in chapter two because that was a really big thing for me mm-hmm. as I as I like began the novel. Like that was like a very, very like nitpicky thing that like mm-hmm. did annoy me. But it does set up for a great story. But like yeah. it is very annoying. Um, yeah. And then, okay, so I'm going to read, so I have my notes over here to the side for people watching, for people listening. Um, I'm just going to read what I wrote for this note. So on page 16, he asked her if she's actually sorry about the kiss, and she just completely blows past it. And that was him, like, part of him, I think, wanted her to say that she didn't like regret it or anything and he wants that validation but then she literally just like runs away and I was like talk to him like he's literally calling after her like olive olive and I'm just like go go talk to him and I know it's all about timing and like whatever but in that moment I was like oh my gosh like just talk to him you know I I was just gonna say that I would have ran away like that conversation at the end that they had wouldn't have even happened if it were me I would have just like ran (laughs) literally like the fact that she was able to talk to him at all after that blew my mind I wouldn't even have known what to do with myself um And something I was thinking about, which you tell me if I'm getting this wrong, but she didn't really introduce herself to him, but he knew her name. (laughs) Yes, yes, literally. Oh my gosh, that that part kills me that they didn't introduce each other, but somehow he knows her name. (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh, it's literally crazy. Um, But that's how the chapter ends. And I just think like already I'm just like, okay, putting two and two together and like wanting to see them figure it out. So I'm really curious about kind of what happens next. Yes. Okay. Going on to chapter two, this is a really long chapter, so just bear with me, but we get like into the plot now (laughs) after, you know, that wonderful introduction in chapter one. Um, My notes are a little different from Theodis, so just bear with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We both, but that's what I like. We read it differently. We're going to analyze it differently. Like, it's all good. Okay. 
into chapter two. So like I said before, we get more like into the nitty gritty plot and we get more background on our main character, Olive. So we find out that Olive Smith is a PhD student at Stanford University in the biology department and her research focuses on pancreatic cancer. We see that she's like struggling to find a larger cancer research lab where she could spend her next academic year to collect the data she needs for her research. And so she's like emailing all of these professors across the country to see if they have room for her. So we finally have kind of like a problem for the for the book. Yes. Then, lo and behold, she gets one response out of the many that she sent from a professor um, named Tom Benton at Harvard University. Basically saying that like her research is like super interesting and he's actually visiting Stanford in a couple of weeks so then they can chat then. Mm -hmm. And she's so excited, which like she should be because that's super, super exciting. Yeah. But then she goes to the break room where she runs into her roommate, Anne, right? So Mm -hmm. Anne was in the first chapter who Olive was trying to avoid and because they're there, Anne's like, I saw you and Adam together the other night and accuses Olive of like avoiding her, which Olive is avoiding her, but doesn't admit to it. And it goes back to the fact that you mentioned that like the way that Olive's plan is unfolding literally doesn't make sense. And it's such a roundabout way to go about it. Like literally she's like lying to Anne about her feelings for like about Anne and her like ex-boyfriend Jeremy dating. But then in order for Anne to get her to believe her lie, she enters a fake dating relationship with Adam. And it like doesn't make sense. Why don't you just like sit down with your friend and be like, hey, like I really don't have feelings for this person. Like I want you to date them. Like I think you guys could be really good together. Like go for it. And like after that, if someone decides not to do something about it then that's kind of on them like you're saying what you need to say and like I do like appreciate and it's so funny you say and because I like read it as on I don't know why (gasps) so I don't know oh oh my goodness really yes so I'm curious like what way it was supposed to be pronounced it probably is Anne, but um I think like nice that Anne was trying to be loyal but I'm also like girl just say what you need to say and do what you need to do and trust that like you guys are gonna tell each other if someone needs to be worried about something like yeah and then what's even more annoying is that like olive literally has the internal struggle like we read her internal struggle about lying to Anne, and on page 23 she says it would have been so easy to confess the truth then just do it (laughs) literally like, (laughs) like oh my gosh okay anyways Then we get like literally two pages about background on Anne and Olive's relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. diving into how like Olive was alone for most of her academic career until Anne came along. And she's been like a really, really big support system for Olive. And on page 26, Olive says Anne was her person, family. Olive hadn't even thought that was possible for someone like her. And I know it says a lot about Anne and Olive's relationship together, but it also says a lot about Olive too. Like this statement sounds that like that Olive like doesn't believe that she's like worthy of love. And it's like it's just so it's so sad because I mean, it's such a beautiful relationship that she has with Anne. But it's like 
at the core of it, there's something deeper. Like there's like a wound there, which we'll get to later in the book. But like, (laughs) it just, it made me really, really sad. No, 100%. And I'm really glad that Allie Hazelwood made a point to like give that a full two pages and give them like a Mm -hmm. really good backstory and meaning to the friendship. Because I feel like in a lot of books, you know, they kind of just say, oh, and I have a friend who like blah, blah, blah. And they don't really make you root for that friendship or understand that friendship. And I think the fact that like you get all that backstory and like understand how much they like mean to each other is so important, I think, for like the rest of the book. And so I really like that. But it does make me sad. Like, I don't know, when I read a character who just like cannot understand like how great they are like really just does not view themselves well it makes me really Mm -hmm. sad because we've all been there you know I'm not even gonna say what I'm thinking about because I'll say that later (laughs) and I know know you're thinking about it too because I just saw you smile (laughs) I know I I'm like I'm thinking about it and I'm like I can't say it I can't say it (laughs) okay anyways anyways um so before Olive can even utter another stupid lie Guess who enters the scene? The one and only Dr. Adam Carlson. He he comes up behind her like like they're a couple and somehow some way he like understands like what's happening between Olive and Anne and then just like magically plays along with Olive's lie. Okay, and yes, I know like this man is a doctor and I should have more faith in him <laughs> that he was smart, but this was like a really smart move on his end. And I was like, damn, like, you know how to read social cues. Yes. No, I was so, I, <laughs> I love that he caught on to that. I really, really love that he caught on to that. Yeah. And I love that you can like read all of surprise with it, but it just... It really exemplifies their whole relationship about mm-hmm. how, I don't know, I he just like knows what she needs, but I'm not even going to say yeah. anymore about <laughs> that. But anyways, what else are you going to say? I was just going to say that then there's like a whole paragraph. <laughs> there's this whole paragraph about like how intense his gaze is on olives and it's kind of weird, but I dig it. And like... <laughs> That's why I read romance novels, you know, because it's like, I know what I'm getting and I want it. And it's like a whole paragraph of like (laughs) his gaze, you know? (laughs) I know sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's a lot. But I I love it. I do love it. Just like you. And I think you kind of said this too, but like, um, it's crazy because, you know, this is chapter two. We can already see kind of like how olive is so giddy around him Mm -hmm. because at the end of this like paragraph when they're like staring at each other she rambles about all of these like research topics that she could pursue Mm -hmm. to like distract herself and it's like very clear that she's like trying to distract herself from something and it's like i think it's so funny because like we already see it's chapter two and we already see it happening literally and that happens so much where she rambles and just like is trying to do anything to distract herself from what's going on yeah it's like constantly she just like cannot admit to herself when things are happening it's so funny like we know adam is already amazing at this whole fake dating thing when Mm -hmm. he interrupted their conversation he put his hand on olive's lower back and eventually it lowers even more on page 28 it says because she was sure that from Anne's angle, it looked like he was groping her. But in <laughs> fact, but in fact, he was not. 
Olive could barely feel his hand on her. We love a respectful man. Yes, literally. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, He, I swear to gosh, he's the most respectful person. And, like, I... Yeah, we love a respectful man. That's all I can I know, say about that. Right? Like I'm already I'm already obsessed and it's chapter mm-hmm. two, page yes. freaking twenty-eight. You know, and that's why this book is so good. Like it just you're hooked right away. Oh my god. And then <laughs> then sorry, okay. And then let's not forget the first question that leaves his mouth when Anne finally leaves the room. He says is everything okay? He just wants to make sure she's okay. Like, she, he, he just cares. He just does. It. Oh, my God. And it just, like, ugh, that's why, like, I feel I'm, like, so giddy right now, too. Because it's, like, I, like, he, it's so clear that he, like, cares for her. Mm-hmm. And, I again, I think this is why I fell so quickly in love mm-hmm. with Adam. Because he's, like, caring, really, really caring for those people that he cares about. Yes. But, you know. Um, also I think I think too that like Adam is very much the trope of like I hate everyone but her like mm-hmm. I hate everything around me but I'll do anything for her and I, I love it I like I love that trope I love that trope too because it just and then you always get like backstory about why that might be or like more about that and I just love that because I just I love when all the focus is like the relationship in the way that like the like the guy just like feels like the girl is so special and he like doesn't know why but he just like has to put his focus on her like it just yes just it makes me happy (laughs) yes um and then you know we get their like infamous reoccurring jokes which like i i love their inside jokes throughout this entire novel like it it made me laugh so much and the way that they brought it back i just thought was like so cute um Olive says that it's interesting that uh, no agents from the Federal Bureau of Investigation have knocked on my door to arrest me in the past 72 hours. And then get this, his mouth twitched at the joke, minimally, but Olive notes that it was still there, which like makes me so happy. Well, that's what I love because, you know, automatically they describe him as very like non-emotional, doesn't Mm -hmm. smile, like a hard ass about everything and the fact that she can even get like a twitch out of his mouth is like you know right away that like that's something like special that only she would be able to do really yes, you know yeah. and i love that so she thanks him for like covering for her when like ann mentioned about like this past weekend but then he quickly shows a side of him that, like, everyone knows him for. You know, like, mm-hmm. the smartass, the professor who has, like, no time for your bullshit. As he says to Olive on page 29, you shouldn't need someone to step in. And then he has the audacity to lecture her about lying to her friend and, like, what she's basically doing to Anne. Like, obviously, I, I don't agree with, like, what Olive is doing, but, dude stay in your lane you have a role literally and you're gonna stay there even though i love you already but just stay there (laughs) oh my gosh honestly though because i'm just like you're playing along you don't have to play along so you better not play along and then criticize for her for yeah like no yeah no that was definitely annoying but i again i still loved him so (laughs) um oh yeah it doesn't change a thing (laughs) oh oh no (laughs) 
And then, uh, get this, Olive introduces herself to him again because, like, she hasn't had Adam as a professor, but, like, obviously her friends have had him and, like, she's heard enough about him to, like, know who he is and, like, what his deal is. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, oh, I know who you are. Excuse me? How? How? (laughs) How? 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 Tell me. I mean, okay, I obviously know the answer, but I'm not going to say it. But at the moment, at the moment, I was like, um, that's interesting. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I was like, well, I forget what it says in the chapter, but like, what does she think about that? She's probably like freaking out internally. Like, how does he know who I am? No, I think I don't know. No, I think her like rationalization of it was like, oh, maybe maybe he looked me up in like the student directory or whatever. I think that's what she rationalized, which I think is the dumbest rationalization. But anyway, (laughs) she she will do anything to rationalize something. It never makes sense. Yes. No, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Um, And then, oh, my God. Then there's like such a weird conversation that happens after this between them where like Adam is like, oh, you should probably call me Adam, you know, if Anne's around, you know? And he's like, oh, I'll walk you to your car in case in case Anne's around, right? This felt super weird to me because, again, we're being told that he's, like, an ass. Mm-hmm. Like, he is so, so mean. But right now, we – like, he seems very, like, caring about yes. all of situation, which I obviously know why, and I'm not going to say it, but, like, it's, like, so weird for me to, like, read it so early in chapter two yeah. and be, like, is he really an ass, though? Like, I just, like – it was interesting that, like, Allie Hazelwood was, like, pulling us two different ways mm-hmm. throughout this entire book. No, 100%. And I think I think she was kind of smart for that, though, because I think it adds more dimension to his character because I feel like if he had been nice to everyone, like, the tension wouldn't have been there. Um, yeah. And – Again, it's it's just that like trope where like the guy is only nice to one person and it's the girl that he likes. Yes. And I just yes. like like let I me love walk it. you to your car. Okay. Yes. Screaming, crying, throwing up. Throwing up. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah, so that's how that scene ends. And then there's another scene with Olive and Anne walking to class, but that's not really important. <laughs> and then in the next scene, Wait, they walk to class. That's crazy. Sorry. <laughs> right? Right. I'm oh, so my God. <laughs> and then the next scene, uh, we see Olive in a coffee shop answering more emails from Tom Benton and his plans to come visit Stanford because him and a professor at Stanford actually won a big grant recently. So, like, that's why he's visiting to figure out all the details. While Olive is in the shop, people keep staring at her and she finds it really, really weird. Mm-hmm. Then Olive goes to a TA meeting and people stare at her there, too. People who, like, normally don't talk to her. They're talking to her mm-hmm. and they're being super nice. And her professor asks if there's like anything Olive wants to talk about. It isn't until she runs into her friend Malcolm that everything clicks. Turns out everyone knows that she's dating Adam Carlson. Stop right there. This is another thing that irked me because I'm like, you're on campus in a grad program. Mm-hmm. I feel like you would know everyone, even if the school is big, like, you know, people in your program. Yeah. Word travels fast. Why did you think it was going to be like a secret? What were you expecting? Literally though, like, especially since it's, it's not just like a teacher relationship or two students dating. It's like a student and a professor. Obviously she's not his student, but like, 
I, of course, people are going to hear about it. Yes. And people are going to talk about it, you know? So I just, mm-hmm. it was so weird that she was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so then Olive rushes to Adam's lab and is basically like, um, we need to talk. And she tells him that everyone in the department knows. And while saying this, Adam is like weirdly calm. I was very confused about his reaction because I was like, dude, you're dating a grad student. Shouldn't you be freaking out too? Like, I don't I don't understand. And then and then as like she's talking, Olive comes up with this like really sloppy plan um, of like retracting everything that happened and how they're not dating and blah, 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 blah. You know how she kind of goes on. And then Adam, as he is, pokes holes in it saying like, well, what is Anne and like what's his face going to think then if you like retract all of this stuff? Their conversation after this literally cracks me up because Adam has such dry humor. Like, he's funny. Yes. <laughs> he's so funny. And, like, I loved all his jokes. Um, mm-hmm. So Olive is saying that, like, she, uh, they could say that she broke up with him. And he says that's flattering. So Olive proposes that they could say he broke up with her. And he says, oh, that sounds very credible. And then he goes on to be like, let's announce our breakup in the department newsletter or make an announcement before a seminar. <laughs> like he's such a smart ass, but like I love him so much. <laughs> I love it too. But that's what I mean. It's just like he loves to push her buttons because it's like right away he knows like how she thinks and like rationalizes everything and is like yes. will do like very impulsive like you said before and I just love that he's like bro take a step back that makes no sense you know like yes. I just I love it I love it yes <laughs> and then you know what surprised me though mm. in this chapter it was Adam who proposed that they go on to their like fake dating thing. Mm. I was so surprised because I was like, what do you have to earn with this fake dating? Like clearly Olive needs this more than you do. So I was like very surprised mm-hmm. to have him propose it. Yeah. And then on page 45, he even says like, seems like a win-win to me. Mm-hmm. Um, How? Please tell me. <laughs> like how is this a win-win for everyone? Literally. Like I don't, I don't understand. He's still explaining it, and Olive, Olive asks if he's, like, married or something. And then he goes, my wife and twins won't mind. <laughs> so funny. So if, fu- like, he wouldn't have mentioned that already. Like, Olive. I know. I know. Like, he's, Olive, he's joking. Can you not? T- <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. Because then she freaks out. She's like, oh, my gosh. And Adam tells tells her that like he's joking obviously another trope that i love that they don't ellie hazelwood doesn't really play on it in this um in this book but i think i can still see the trope i love the trope when like the main characters use like the last name to address each other all the time and then they in the heat of the moment in a very serious or intimate scene they use their first name yeah for the first time and then when adam says you really need to start calling me adam on page 44, it reminds me of that trope, even though it's kind of like opposite for them. I just I, I just love it so no, much. No, I love it too because it does mean something. It's showing like, oh yeah, okay, you actually have a relationship now, you know? Yeah. So finally, Adam reveals like what his 
plan is and like why he proposed this like whole fake dating thing in the first place. Mm -hmm. He says that he's considered a flight risk at Stanford, which basically means that the department thinks that he's going to leave. So they have frozen his research funds. And it doesn't help that he was like awarded a huge grant with another scientist at a different institution. And because he doesn't have like roots in Stanford, he can really just leave anytime. Mm -hmm. But with the girlfriend, it'll show Stanford that he's starting to put roots down and like he's not going to move, which when when I heard that, I was like, oh, that actually kind of makes sense. It does. Right? Yeah. Which I think that if he hadn't come up with something that credible, then Olive would have been sus of that. But I think... I think it was like the perfect way to like make it make sense, even though it yeah. makes no sense, you know? Yeah. And then the most annoying thing I think in this book, and I think it's what kind of like snapped me into like, oh, this is fiction. This is like 100% fiction, is that they glaze over the fact that she's like a grad student and he's a faculty member and that it wouldn't be too hard to date because he doesn't like oversee anything that she does. And like, again, they just like glossed over it and I was like okay because I, I don't I still feel like that would be a problem in a grad program because yes I just if it were like a huge university and there was like a TA and a person a person like a student and you know they were like not in classes or whatever then maybe that would be okay but it's a grad program like everyone works so closely that like there's no way that everyone's like oh that's fine like just shake it off like that's what I'm saying it's like I they just glazed over it and Mm -hmm. again it's like okay well it's it's a fiction book so like obviously whatever whatever Allie Hazelwood wants to do she can do but like that definitely like kind of irked me Mm -hmm. I was like I just I need reasoning yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so chapter two ends with like Adam being like, okay, like, here's the fake dating, like, scheme that we're going to do. And Olive says that she needs to think about the proposition a bit more. And then she thanks Adam. And the chapter ends by him saying, no problem, Olive. When he (sighs) uses her name, I don't know what it is. I'm just like, oh, you're using her name. (laughs) I love it. No problem, Olive. Like, yeah, no, no, you're so right. You're so right. Okay. Chapter two is done. That was so much. Going into chapter three, it's three days later and Olive is back at um, Adam's office. And it opens with the girl running out of his office crying. So again, we're getting like little bits of him being like this like asshole that he's Mm -hmm. like known for. So she walks in and Adam says her name. As you were saying, and there's this entire (laughs) paragraph describing how he says her name. Like on page 52, it says... Olive didn't quite know what, but it was there in the way he said her name. Precise, careful, deep, unlike anyone else, familiar, impossibly so. What? <laughs> you kidding me? How it, it, This is what's so brilliant about the writing. Something that shouldn't have an effect on me has an effect on me. I, I, I'm speechless because... Olive like uh, oh my gosh I can't oh yes no I know exactly and I I love it so much again going back to the whole like dating a grad student thing Adam confirms that he like talked with the dean and that they're good to date except for like a few caveats like they can't collaborate in a formal capacity and he has to like step out if he's nominated or if she's nominated for fellowships or awards and all this other stuff and then like that was it I was like oh 
okay. And then they like moved on. So again, it's, I, I know it's a fiction book, but I was just like, I just need a little more reasoning, <laughs> which I feel like, obviously I'm not going to bring it up now, but I feel like things start to make more sense the more you go on in the book. But right now oh, yeah. it's like, what the heck is happening? Like that's not casual. Yes. No, it is. It is not casual. (laughs) Um, And then another small moment that like makes me giggle is when Olive admits that like she wasn't going to ask him to be part of her thesis committee. And he's like taken aback because his research would be like pretty beneficial to hers. But she says that like in a joking way, she says that she wants to graduate on time and doesn't want to spend time crying in the bathroom like that last girl who Mm -hmm. ran out. And then get this, on page 54, it says, he lowered his gaze to the desk, but not before Olive could see the corner of his mouth twitch. Not that stupid mouth twitch again. Enough. <laughs> oh, I can't handle like, it. He's he's loving this. I know he's mm-hmm. loving this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Finally, Olive says that she's going to agree to do this whole fake dating thing, but before they like enter it, they need to lay down some ground rules, which like reminded me very much of to all the boys I've loved before. But I think like the whole ground rules trope is like very common in fake dating books. So I wasn't surprised. The first rule, strictly on campus. Second rule, no sex. He is so stunned that he can't even speak because he didn't even think that Olive would bring it up. But then she did. And she just like obviously wanted to lay down like the ground rules. And then they go on to say how like this is such a weird arrangement, but they have Mm -hmm. to put down the rules and it's blah, 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 blah. Like, (laughs) well, it's just like so funny because obviously they're both biologists and they both like have to have their craft together as we know. And it's just like out of the two rules, like really like yeah like you're you're not gonna put any other parameters around it behind besides that like okay yeah Mm, we know where my your mind's at girl Mm. (laughs) i know right right third rule olive won't date anyone else but adam is free to if he wants or he's already seeing someone at the moment adam says no that he won't date anyone else and on page 57 (laughs) this is what he says There was a certain finality to his tone that took her by surprise. Like, he was so confident in that no. And, like, that moment, I knew something was up with Adam. Mm -hmm. I was like, you don't add these descriptions for nothing. Like, it's characterization. I know something's up with Adam. And and Adam has some sort of thing with, like, Olive. But we don't know yet. And I was, like, dying. Yes, because (laughs) there has to be more to that. Like, there's no way that he just is like, yep, I'm going to do this. Here are the rules. Like, I'm not going to date anyone else. Like, n- like you're going to yeah. be my focus. Like, it's uncharacteristic for who he is as a character, but also just, like, the whole situation. I don't know. So, yeah, exactly. The fourth rule, the deadline to their fake dating is September 29th. They have to make it till then, and then they can end it. And then the fifth and last rule is that they need to do stuff together to show people that this is a real relationship. And this delves into, like, the funniest freaking conversation (laughs) where Olive asks what he does for fun. And he's like, uh, I guess I work at home and I work out and I sleep. Like, (laughs) he's the most boring man in the world. Like, which is funny because in real life, like, if I went on a date with someone and I was like, oh, what do you like to do for fun? And he was just like, work out, run. Like, I would be like okay like you're boring like that's it okay like but in this book I'm like oh 
<laughs> you know, like it's it's just like like in real life that would never fly. Like, boy, oh, get yourself no. some hobbies. Like, what are you yeah. doing? So then Olive proposes that they just like get coffee each week for like 10 minutes. You know, nothing nothing long, but like just enough that like people will believe their mm-hmm. relationship. And then one of my all-time favorite parts in this chapter, Olive waits for him to type it into his computer in his schedule. And when he doesn't, she asks, aren't you going to add it to your calendar? Then he goes, I'll remember. Okay. Is Whatever. It Is it, no, I'm, I'm saying that that is like the hottest thing ever. <laughs> Because because it, it's obvious that he cares this entire time, which I find it like so attractive because he's like, oh, he cares so much about this coffee date yeah. that he'll just remember. Like he doesn't even have to put it in his exactly. schedule. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. It's the little things, seriously. I know. I know. So then uh, they shake on it and that's that. I also want to mention that like Allie Hazelwood does a fantastic job of describing Adam Carlson, which is why I'm like literally so in love with him. Like, for example, when they're shaking hands, it says he stared at their joined hands before meeting her eyes and Olive ordered herself not to notice the heat of his skin or how broad he was or anything else about him. <laughs> like, okay. Oh my gosh. I've had enough. I can't. <laughs> right? Right? I, like, it's just those little moments. Like, it's just like, hi, I'm holding your hand, but it's just like so hyper-focused on like, I don't yes. know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Again, too, it's like, okay, it's like you're describing all these things and you're like trying to convince me that it, he's an ass, but mm-hmm. like, you're also doing these things that like are making me fall in love with him. Like, really? what are you doing? <laughs> And then the last scene of this chapter is um, with Olive and Malcolm and they're cooking and he's like ignoring her because like Malcolm hates Dr. Adam Carlson, yes. um, which then prompts Olive to tell him that like it's like fake, like the whole entire thing is fake. And Malcolm is like the only one who knows other than Adam, obviously, um, that this whole thing is fake. That is how chapter three ends. Dang. <laughs> You had some good chapters. And, like, that's what I mean, though. Like, each chapter just, like, makes you want to read more and sets up so much. Oh, yeah. Every chapter. Definitely. All right. Now we can finally go into chapter four. Um, Let me give the little synopsis, okay? Chapter four gives us all the details on what fake dating Wednesdays looks like. Even the coffee represents how opposite they are between the pumpkin spice lattes and black coffee. Olive finds herself surprised when Adam shows his funny side even slightly and that she's willing to push him a bit. By the end of the chapter, Olive is being introduced to talk Dr. Tom Benton. <laughs> I love this um, chapter, but on page 69, I wrote that just again that like Allie Hazelwood writes so realistically, like mm-hmm. the way like in the chapter, it's described that she really for the first time lets herself recognize how handsome she thinks he is and I just like love the way that like she describes him and it's so realistic when it's like I don't know if you have a friend or something and you never really thought of him that way but then you have that moment and you're like oh they're kind of like hmm it's like it's just very realistic in the way that happened you know I agree yeah and then Okay, so how did you feel about the favorite color question when she just goes, what's your favorite color? And it was just like, for me, 
it felt so awkward I wanted to like crawl under a table and like it was so funny because it was very true to like who they are but I just I wanted to like pass away it was like too it was too awkward I don't know I okay so the thing is that I I think I'm biased towards their coffee dates because I loved their coffee dates I oh I like loved I loved it whenever it like popped up in a chapter so when I first read about like the color thing, I I kind of just dismissed it as like, oh, that's just they're just so so opposite of each other that uh-huh. like this is like the most weird situation ever because they're not even alike. And it's funny because the color thing becomes very important. <laughs> <Like>, yes, <laughs> yes, it does. Um, there's this part where they're paying for their drinks, and Adam offers to pay for her coffee. Um, But then he's like, oh, because you don't have a lot of money or something like that. And I was like, that was the first time I felt like he was actually kind of like rude to her. Like, like you were saying before, it was like, you know, he's so sweet with her, but so rude Mm -hmm. to everyone else. Like, I was like, oh, that did not come off right. And like, I'm glad we got to see that. And I know it wasn't like ill-intentioned or anything, but like, I just, I don't know. I felt a certain way about that. Yes, no, it was it was very purposeful for like Allie Hazelwood to add that in because again, it's like we've been all like up until now, we've seen like so many good things about him. So Mm -hmm. we just needed a little bit of like not being mean, but also not being kind. Yeah, 100%. I love how like Olive eventually like on their coffee day asks about Adam's family and like in of course, we get like paragraphs about her mindset and stuff, but I love that it's described that like she's surprising herself that she wants to know more about him. Like, I just love that. And it's like that genuine curiosity for another person that like just like gets me so excited. I don't know. I think that's why I love their coffee dates so much because it was like it's they didn't know it at at first, but it's like they they loved it too. And like the way that their conversations flowed, it was like they were truly, truly dating mm-hmm. through these um, coffee dates. They and were. I just like loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, on page 74 slash 75, I marked down, it wasn't a mouth twitch, but it was like a smile. And I love that it's like only reserved for her. And I just love that that's like a nugget that we get throughout the book. I just, I don't know. I just love it. It feels really special. It it does. And what kills me, like what I love the most about it is that throughout the book, it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. Like he shows it more. And I just like, I die. I, I know. die. <laughs> it's so good. On page 78, Olive straight up calls him out on how moody he is. And Mm -hmm. I just like love that because I think, I don't know, I think you need to be challenged in like a relationship. And obviously it's fake at this point. But I love that like as awkward as she is and like impulsive and all these things, she's just like, why are you so moody? And I just, I don't know. I love that she will like call him out because I don't think anyone else really does. No, and I I love that about her, too, because she's, like, not afraid of Adam, Mm -hmm. which I love because it's, like, I mean, maybe, again, too, like, she hasn't had him as a professor, so she's, like, only heard of, like, what he's done. Exactly. But I love – but I think you mentioned it, too, in Chapter 1. It's, like, they're always challenging each other Mm -hmm. throughout this book, and I feel like Olive really, really does that with Adam, but I also think that Adam secretly likes it Mm -hmm. because he's, like, obsessed with her. Oh, he, (laughs) he loves it. He loves it. Yeah. Okay, 
I forget what this paragraph says, but I literally have on my notes, page 79, read the first paragraph. So this is what the paragraph says for all of you listening. It looks good, as in really good. You were probably one of the most handsome men I'd ever talked to last week, but now you look even better. Not that I care about these things. I don't care at all. I rarely notice guys, and I'm not sure why I'm noticing you or your hair or your clothes or how tall and broad you are. I really don't get it. I never care, usually. Ugh. I just, something about that paragraph, I just love because like throughout this whole thing, she's really just realizing how much she actually might be interested in him. And I, I don't know, the way that it was described was so realistic because she's like, I don't mm-hmm. want to, but I do, you know? Yeah. I, I loved reading Olive's internal struggle. Like it, it was just so much fun, but also like so realistic. And I thought it was also funny that she kept like trying to d- distract herself. Yes. Like, <laughs> she's like trying to deny it, but obviously, girl, like you can't. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But then the chapter pretty much ends when she meets Tom. So I will go in to chapter five now. Let me read the synopsis. We'll see. We'll see if it's any good. In chapter five, we see the interactions between Olive, Tom, and Adam. Adam isn't afraid to stand up for Olive and support her when she needs it most during a chat that could change Olive's career. We also get to know Adam and Tom's relationship more. By the end, we discover that Olive has two weeks to get Tom an official proposal, which she is more than ready to take on. So I love that in their interaction, Olive can't even help herself but compare Tom and Adam. It's like she's already making it real in her head and she's like, oh, I guess he's attractive, but like, and I should be attracted to him, but like, I just can't get Adam out of my head like like he does something special for me you know like I I just love it I think it also indicates to like us that like even so early in the book she is like she's already falling hard for him like it's so crazy yep literally (laughs) oh I love it on page 87 the way that this is described I think just go goes again about how realistic Olive's reactions are. So this is what it says. She took a sip of her latte to temporize. Was she free? Technically, yes. She would have loved to run to the edge of campus and scream into the void until modern civilization collapsed. But that wasn't exactly a pressing matter. And she wanted to look as accommodating as possible to Dr. Benton, Tom, beggars and choosers and all that. And I just like... The part about screaming into the void and like all of those things, it just cracked me up because like who doesn't, who doesn't feel that way sometimes, you know? Yeah, it's like so relatable. And I remember reading that too and laughing because just like, I just like, <laughs> it's, it also like, it's like exciting that she's like finally meeting Tom, but also like super, super scary. So it's mm-hmm. like, it, it makes sense that that's her reaction. Yes. Okay, so then something else I think very important happens here. Um, So it's when Tom starts asking Olive questions and is like kind of being a jerk about it. And Adam like stands up for her. And like even Mm -hmm. if she doesn't, she recognizes that like he's doing for her what she needs most in that moment and I think that Mm -hmm. means so much to her and like he helps her get through that and I think that's when she's like 
oh, like, this could really be something real. Like, he just, the rest of the chapter is basically him standing up for her and him giving her the reassurance she needs and stuff like that. Um, And I love when she realizes she's like, oh my gosh, his arm is on the back of my chair. And I'm just like, (laughs) I, I knew I didn't like Tom from that exact scene. Uh huh. It just, it just sat so badly with me where I was like, why are you just like coming in and like interrogating her? Not only about her research, but like literally her personal life. Like you don't, you don't have, you have like no right to that. And so that definitely sat very, very badly with me, like, which um, we'll talk about later. <laughs> He's kind of the worst. Um, yeah. But that's pretty much what I had for Chapter 5. Um, but I feel like that was, like, a lot of what is very important to come, which I feel yeah. like every chapter oh. is. But Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Chapter six and seven are literally my favorite chapters. And I, oh my God. Okay. So sorry if I'm like being so annoying with these two chapters because they're literally my favorite. Anyways, chapter six. Annoying. (laughs) Thank you. So in chapter six, Anne and Olive go to the auditorium for Tom's talk slash presentation because he's visiting visiting Stanford. So he's going to give a talk on his research. And it's packed, like crazy, crazy packed, and they can't find a seat. Then Olive spots Adam a few meters away in an aisle seat talking to um, Holden Rodriguez, which I love Holden, by the way. I love him. I literally wrote that yeah. down later in the book about like, he's the best, literally. The he's amazing. Like, I I was like, he just like grew on me and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you're amazing. And then Adam is in a black Henley, which looks so good on him. On page 96, it says, he didn't wave back, but his gaze seemed softer and warmer and his mouth curved into the, that tilt that she had learned to recognize as his version of a smile. <laughs> so cute. Okay, so more people are coming in and it pushes... Um, Anne and Olive closer to Adam and Holden and before they can find a seat like the people have already started the presentation and so they're standing next to Adam and Holden uh, Adam offers Olive her seat which is like very very nice but then Anne interjects and is like yeah no can do if you stand Dr. Carlson no one behind you will be able to see because he's like tall like very very tall so what does Anne do? She gives a suggestion, which is for Olive to sit in his lap. <laughs> when I first read this, I screamed. No, no joke. <laughs> Literally same. I was like, you're kidding me, right? I, I had to like put put the book down and take deep breaths. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this is not happening right now. <laughs> it's so like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Again, again, like I said before, like in rom-coms, like these scenes just like happen and they're kind of like cheesy, but again, it's a rom-com novel. Like you you know what you're getting, and I just like love it. I love it, I love it. <laughs> and I love that she thinks she's being so funny and like cute I- and like they're Olive and Adam are like, oh my freaking lord. 
Yeah, you they're like, oh, are you me. kidding me? Literally. Yeah. Obviously, like, Anne and Olive argue because she's like, no, this is, like, not going to happen. But then eventually she turns to Adam, and this is what she sees. On page 98, it says, Adam, who was, very unsurprisingly, looking up at her with that non-expression of his, the one that Olive couldn't quite decipher, except that his jaw was working. And she wondered if maybe that was it, the last straw, the moment he backed out of their arrangement. When I first read this, I was like, crap, like, maybe Olive is right. Like, at this point, Mm. we don't really know much about Adam, and we don't know much about his boundaries either. So, like, yes, they did kiss, but, like, this might just be a little little too far for him, especially because it's in front of a packed auditorium with people that he works with. It's interesting that, like, that was what was going through your mind because Mm -hmm. when I read that, I just read it as he's already shown so much that he's like willing to do whatever that I thought it just really showed like her self-doubt in a way. So that's like what I got from it because she's just like, there's no way he would want to take it this far. Like this is too much. Like he's already doing so much, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, so that was that was my thought on Adam's reaction. Yes. But then... Because I reread it for this podcast, and I've also read a very special chapter that we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. I know exactly what he's thinking about in this moment, and I am dying. Like, I I wish I would have seen it the first time around, yes. but, like, also it's, like, very special that, like, he's, like, mysterious still, which I, I really, really like. But, yeah, we'll talk about that later, and I just, like, I just think it's so interesting. Yes, I know. We <laughs> they kind of talk during the entire presentation mm-hmm. that Tom is doing. Um, but like I said previously, Allie Hazelwood does like such a great job at making these situations like comfortable. On page 99, it says, Adam turned his face a little and told her, it's okay. He sounded a bit strained, like nothing about this situation was, in fact, okay. Like, it's just so good. But, that's, but that just goes to show he literally doesn't care. He just yeah. wants to be near her. Like, that's all he yes. wants. Yes, exactly. So then throughout the presentation, Olive starts to relax and basically starts slipping down and Adam has to readjust her. And there's two whole paragraphs (laughs) of Olive just describing how comfortable Adam feels and like where his hand is placed. Like it's all very intimate stuff in a non-intimate situation because they're in the packed auditorium. Again, I think it's still, like, such a good mix that Allie Hazelwood does. Mm-hmm. And I love that she uses, like, these contradictions. And I think it's just – it's it's great and it's the best formula ever. What kills me is when Olive finally turns to whisper in Adam's ear. And she's saying how, like, this whole fake dating thing is working so well for her and her situation. Which then Adam blinks, nods, and his arm tenses around her, like, a little. Like, very subtle moments, but very obvious in that he may – either be uncomfortable or something else it's something else it's something else he is not uncomfortable girlfriend if he hasn't shown you by now that he'll do whatever like he he wants you there he you're right where he wants you so the next scene you know Anne and olive leave to go back home but when they get outside they see that the parking lot is like pretty jammed Mm -hmm. like all the cars aren't moving And then, can you freaking believe in a romance novel that this is what happens next? (laughs) Guess who's helping with the freaking traffic? The one and only Dr. Adam Carlson himself. (laughs) 
not only is he like helping like direct, mm-hmm. he's he pushes a freaking truck out of the way so that all the other cars can pass. Like what? Of course he does. That's all I have to say about that. Of course he does because he has to be yes. strong. He has to be the one to find the solution. He has to yeah. be the one to do it so attractively like as if there's no other option. Yeah. I don't exactly. I just I can't. Again, there's this like whole entire paragraph about how his muscles are straining against his Henley. Yes. And I literally, I literally died and went to heaven and then back again. <laughs> because like that's that's exactly what I needed after he just sat, after Olive just sat in his lap for like the entire two-hour presentation. Like my heart could not handle No, it. that's what I mean. It's like the the book doesn't give you a chance to breathe. Uh-uh, and they always no. describe the things at the perfect moment where you're like, okay, I might have calmed down a little. And then it's like, and then your heart rate just jumps again. Like, oh my yes. Lord. Okay. Remember when I said that like Anne always gives suggestions and they're usually suggestions that no one wants? Yes. Well, guess what? Another <laughs> another one of her suggestions. Anne tells Olive to give him a kiss. Like, what? I, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That would never happen in real uh-uh. life. Like, what are you talking no. about? Again, I love it because it's like a rom-com. Oh, and like, I'm, I'm going to take it. But it did feel a little weird and like very like high school-y to me because I would never say that to anyone mm-hmm. except maybe like in high school, like early high school. But it, I don't know. It just felt weird. Yeah. But I didn't hate it. No, you know? I didn't <laughs> hate it either. <laughs> Olive approaches Adam and she's like literally starstruck by him. Like the woman was too stunned to speak. (laughs) (laughs) It says on page 106, he wiped the sweat from his eyes with the hem of his shirt. It left a broad strip of fresh. Wait, I don't know what I'm reading. (laughs) It left. (laughs) Wait, okay, wait. I'm going to I'm going to pull it up. Okay, so on page 106 it says Adam wiped sweat from his forehead with the back of his hand. No, that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. Wait. Wait. Okay, you know what? Forget it. Anyways, it's all <laughs> It's like a good paragraph, but I literally can't find it. What what I was going to say, if I could find the freaking quote, is that this was the moment I knew that she was starting to fall for him. Like, because mm. you don't make these observations without having, like, secret feelings yes. for them, you know? Literally. So then Olive explains why she's there, and she's, like, apologizing and rambling on about the whole thing and how they have – if, like, they kiss now, it'll be two birds killed with one stone. And Adam interrupts her and, tell her, and tells her it's okay and to breathe. <gasps> so sweet i know he's just like he he will like stop her when she's rambling and i love it because she needs that and it's just like it's fine like that's the least bad thing that we have to do in this whole like just relax so then they like argue a little bit because like Olive is like, oh, I'll I'll only kiss you if you want to. And, like, it's not a big deal and blah, 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 blah. And at this point, I'm just like, oh, my God, just kiss already. Literally. So then on page 109, when they do finally kiss, it says, when she eased back on her heels, it seemed like for a fraction of a moment, Adam followed her, trying to fill the gap between their mouths. 
though by the time she blinked herself free of the haze of the kiss, he was standing tall in front of her, cheekbones dusted with red and chest moving up and down in shallow breaths. (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) You're going to tell me that, like, Adam doesn't like Olive? Like, Like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. I'm like, girl, you're noticing all of these things. Stop fooling yeah. yourself. They both need to stop fooling themselves. Literally. Like, <laughs> and this happens about a thousand more times. And then uh, chapter six ends in the cutest way ever. Olive is working on her report for Tom and she thinks back to when she told Adam that like she'd be there at the department pi- picnic next week. She says, well, I'm going too." And Adam says, at least there's that. That's when she realizes that, like, he said that. Mm -hmm. And then she, like, ducks her head down and, like, smiles at her toes. And it's just so cute. Like, well, that was chapter six, which is crazy. What a doozy. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Chapter seven is not even any better. Like, it's it's another doozy. I feel like I need to catch my breath. I'm not even reading it and I can't handle myself right now. I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Okay, chapter seven. So this chapter opens with Olive working on her report for Tom. And then Greg, this other, this like other PhD student, barges in looking all angry and pissed off. And Olive, because she has like a heart of gold, she asks what's wrong. And Greg, being like super freaking angry, he says, Your stupid boyfriend is what's wrong. Like we're in high school or something. And I was like, Oh, okay that whole that whole situation pissed me off because i'm just like and maybe this is just something i think about like in life but Mm -hmm. like why are you yelling at someone go yell at the person like she doesn't control him she doesn't get to decide how he thinks and what he says so why are you acting like it's her fault like why are you coming at her exactly and i think I like that's why I was like so annoyed with this scene. I was like, Greg, your your logic literally doesn't make sense right now. Literally. Like, what the heck? But then we learned that like Adam is on Greg's dissertation committee and he failed Greg's proposal, uh, which is going to set Greg back a lot because he has to revise it all and he's angry. And again, for some stupid reason, he's like angry at Olive because Olive is dating Adam. Whatever, which, Greg. I know, I- right? Exactly. Then we commence, like, Olive and Adam's, like, first real fight. Olive texts Adam and asks if um, he failed Greg. And it's funny because, like, she says that, like, Adam is, like, never on his phone while they're together. So Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, oh, it's going to take a while. He responds right away. Like, he was waiting at the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is so funny. So then there's this, like, whole spiel about how... Like, yeah, he did fail Greg's proposal and it wasn't up to par and blah, 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 blah. And then on page 119, Adam goes, it's not my job to manage your friend's emotions. He's in a Ph.D. program, not not grade school. And then he goes on to say the reason Greg's proposal needs to be modified is that in its current state, it's setting him up for failure. Mm. Which, okay, I understand Adam's point. Like, it makes sense to me. But another part of me also agrees with Adam. Mm -hmm. uh, Not Adam agrees with olive because you can say it in a nicer way like you're being an asshole obviously so i had very conflicting emotions about this because i understand both of their perspectives like Mm -hmm. olive i get because he needs to be nicer about it but adam i really feel like 
was right because it's like, what business does Olive really have asking about that? But I know Olive yes. was just like really stressed in that situation, wants to take care of people. So like yeah. I get both sides, but I do think that Adam could have just like been nicer about it in the first place. Yeah. Well, again, too, I I think it's like unfair to her, too, because it's like Greg took his anger out on her and like mm -hmm. that's not fair so like I definitely can see how like that like passed on to Olive and now she's angry at Adam and stuff so it's like it's just like not an ideal situation mm -hmm. 100% yeah Olive tells him that grads perceive him as antagonistic and unapproachable then Adam sends the longest freaking paragraph about his job, like, is to form rigorous researchers and, like, who won't publish useless crap and blah, 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 and all this stuff. Like, again, just going back to your point that, like, they both, they, they both are right in their situations, but, like, there's just, like, a little adjustment that both yeah. of them can do. Yeah, 100%. After that long text, there's a moment where Olive reflects and we really get to see, like, why this is hitting her so hard. Not just because, like, Greg was being, like, super mean for her, mean to her for no reason, but it's because she's been in Greg's position before. So she, like, 100% knows how Greg is feeling to be, like, delayed and, yeah. um, on his research. So she's on the other side having this conversation with the person who is notorious for failing students' proposals. So she says she sends one more text and it says, well, fuck you, Adam, <laughs> which I thought was a power move. Like, you go, girl. Too. Like, she's like, yeah, OK, you need to relax. Screw you. Yeah. I'm done with this right now. Yeah. More good. power to her. Yeah. Good. <laughs> you tell him. Ugh. I mean, I was still obsessed with Adam. Oh, anyways. So. of course. It, yeah. <laughs> screw him. But go talk to him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So the next scene opens with Olive Ann, Malcolm, and Jeremy in the car driving to the department picnic, and they're lost and late. They finally get there. It's September, and it's, like, super hot, and there's just, like, a bunch of stuff happening. Mm -hmm. There's, like, food, people talking, people playing sports, mingling around, chatting with each other, just, like, a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then out of nowhere, on page 124, Jeremy goes, holy shit, and Olive is confused because Ann and Jeremy are freaking out. That's when it's revealed that Adam Carlson is shirtless, <laughs> playing playing ultimate frisbee, and he looks so freaking good. <laughs> like, when I first read this, I was like squealing like a dumb idiot. Oh my gosh! I got so excited. <laughs> Me too. I was like, and it's just like you you know that moment where it's like. He looks like that. Excuse yes. me? Like, yes. oh my gosh. Olive forgot her phone in Malcolm's car, so she gets up to, like, go and get it. And then at this point, she, you know, she gets a better view of the people playing Ultimate Frisbee. Mm -hmm. um, and during this time, her internal thoughts on page 126 say, Olive wasn't like this. She really was not. She could <laughs> count the number of guys she had been viscerally attracted to on one hand. Actually, one finger. That one finger is Adam. Yep. Like a hundred percent. Oh yes. Yeah. I I love that it shows that it's not like a regular thing for her because it just shows like how special that connection is. I know, and I love it. I know it too. <laughs> I know it's and coming, so I'm like trying to prepare myself. Okay. <laughs> me too, girl. Me too. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. And just like any good, like, rom-com book, the perfect thing happens at the perfect time. Yes. And Tom throws the fr- frisbee just perfectly in Olive's direction so that Adam has to run in that direction and catch it. So he's now close to Olive. And then Anne, like, the mother that she is, gives Olive, like, more sunscreen. And, like, Olive doesn't know what to do with it. It's, like, literally like a puddle in her, like, hands right now. <laughs> Her friends don't give her any good solutions, but then Anne waves at someone over Olive's shoulder and goes, hey, Dr. Carlson, have you put on any sunscreen yet? (laughs) I literally, I'm literally so obsessed with Anne because she just like, she knows Olive well enough to know that that's just not even in her realm like at all and she's just like messing with her at this point like who says that I know I like I died when I read this Mm -hmm. because I was like of course Anne suggests that like of course course. she does that and then again I had to put the book down and take deep breaths because I was just like oh my god I know I was like oh my god is this really happening (laughs) (laughs) Adam says like no he hasn't he hasn't put on any sunscreen and he's standing right behind Olive already so Mm -hmm. she turns around to face him and he's like sweaty holding the frisbee and is very very shirtless Adam says, hey, once they get closer, which like, I don't know why, but I found it like so cute and intimate that he was like, hey, and she was like, hey, like, well, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I know what you're saying. I know what you're going to say. Remember that. It's it's called foreshadowing. <laughs> it's called foreshadowing to the most intense degree I can't even speak. Okay, oh I'm not uh, next what? Olive mentions that he's like super tall and he like towers over her and that her eyes are like right in front of his pecs. <laughs> and she has to like basically snap herself out of her thoughts cuz she's like, "Oh my god, I have to I have to focus." Mm-hmm. Um so then he like turns around and kind of like ducks down so that she can like rub some sunscreen on his back. And in, like, every situation that they've gotten to, Olive apologizes to him, and he says, it's fine, it's not your fault, like, these things just, like, keep happening. Well, obviously, it's Anne's fault, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) They talk, and Adam tells her that playing Ultimate Frisbee is better than, like, chit-chatting around with the department, and Olive goes on to say that that's probably why he's so fit, and how it explains that his adult personality is so dot, 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 and then Adam finishes her sentence for her and uses her text and says, oh, like, antagonistic and unapproachable, which I thought was a power move. I thought so, too. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, we're going there. Like, oh, my gosh. I was like, you are just, like, throwing it back. Like, I, okay. Yes. Okay, and then, again, Olive apologizes and is obviously very embarrassed and flustered only to see Adam laughing at her. Like, he's just so, he's, like, so mean in the kindest way, in the kindest and weirdest way ever. Like, he's just, like, teasing her. But I literally love it. I'm sorry. I think when a guy, like, teases a girl, it's so cute because they just want to see your reaction. And, like, I just, ugh, I love it. Oh, yeah. And then on the bottom of page 132, it says, Olive wasn't going to get to talk with him again until Wednesday. And why the thought came with an odd pang in her chest, she had no clue. Me too, girl. Me too. (laughs) 
I was like, I felt that. I felt that ping in my chest. Same, same. <laughs> and then the chapter ends with Tom approaching them and Tom tells um, them that like himself and Adam are going to Boston next week for a few days to like finish setting up stuff on the Harvard side for like their grant. And before they leave, Tom will need Olive's report. So that, that propels and excites her um, that she has to finish this like really big, important report for Tom. And then Adam hesitates just for a moment before going back to play Ultimate Frisbee. And Olive tries not to stare as he goes back on the field. And that's how chapter chapter seven ends. <laughs> wow. Those were some great chapters, dude. Like what the heck? <laughs> Literally, like you said, like Allie Hazelwood just like didn't let us breathe. No, she or, didn't. Like, she did not. <laughs> I yeah. I I will read the synopsis now for chapter eight. In chapter eight, we get dialogue between Adam and Olive late at night while they are both working on the research. In a simple setting by the vending machine, we start to see Olive and Adam open up to each other, flirt, and get a good sense of what their friendship, in quotes, has actually turned into. So this chapter I love because it is in one place, in one very simple setting, but so much happens and it makes you feel so much like I literally marked down why does him giving her chips become so attractive? Like it's just a friggin' bag of chips. And I'm just like, oh my God, he's giving her chips. Like I don't, I just something, something. Yeah. Like I think, I think Allie Hazelwood does a good job of like balancing, you know, like things like in chapter six and seven that are like kind of like huge and like Mm -hmm. oh my goodness moments to like these really quiet cute intimate moments that just like it just makes me love them more and like Allie Hazelwood does such a great job at like balancing it 100 percent on page 139 I really like that they added it in there because you know after the last two chapters there was a lot of stuff going on and she was starting to feel a lot of things but there's this moment when she it sets in again that he's faculty she's a student and just like Mm -hmm. how different their worlds are right now and I think that like grounds us back into like the reality of their situation because so much was happening and you're getting really hyper about it and excited but then it's like but reality is saying that like there's a lot more to this that makes this very complicated that you hadn't set in for a second, you know? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I literally have a note that says page 140. Okay, stop flirting about the sunscreen. Ah! <laughs> On page 143, tell me... Okay, I think after we've been talking, I realized that this is not quite correct, but this was one of the first times that... Olive heard something that Adam said and really was like, wait, that sounds exactly like what the guy said to me. She was like, no, 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 that can't be real. It's like she won't admit it to herself or like let herself think about it further. But I think that the fact that she finally got the inkling, I was like, you got the inkling like you're starting to like think about it, you know? Yeah, I I love that about this novel too is that like she – like she pieces it together when like the reader already knows yes. you know and it was super fun to see her like put it all together a little frustrating because I was like 
you're really it's him uh-huh. why are you questioning it it's Girl, him like 100 but it was just like super cute for her to like piece it all together and come to that realization exactly on page 146 there's this moment where olive is just sharing like a lot of personal stuff with him and i think mm-hmm. vulnerability is really hard for her and she really expects him to respond a certain way or like apologize you know as like people do with grief and stuff but he doesn't. He responds to her in a very, very simple way, which is really unexpected to her. And I just think as this is like the perfect instance where we see that like he just knows exactly what she needs, even if she doesn't realize what she needs. And I just think that's such a beautiful aspect of their relationship. He's so considerate. Literally. And like I think these quiet moments really, really show that he is very, very caring mm-hmm. um, about the way that he like thinks um and acts around olive yes in this chapter there's also this one part where she lays her head on his shoulder and it's just like a really intimate and cute moment and i just Mm -hmm. like couldn't handle it it just shows that like they've really gotten comfortable with each other to be able to share all that stuff for her to like lay on his shoulder and i just i love the cute moments just as much as i love like the spicy moments Yes, I agree. Again, too, it's like Allie Hazelwood does such a great job Mm -hmm. at balancing it and making it real. You know, like it's like, oh, yeah, that sunscreen scene was like very, like very like outrageous in a sense, but almost like, oh, I don't know if that's realistic or whatever. But Mm -hmm. then these like quiet, cute moments that are like so realistic and just like heartwarming. Like, oh, my God, I love it. (laughs) It's so good. I'm just going to read my note because I don't think I'll be describing be able to describe it better than my genuine reaction reading that so page 149 i said is this him being flirty out in the open excuse me in quotes maybe you just pull out the best of me like okay and then i put a little bullet underneath and i said okay scratch that this entire page i can't handle the way he tugged on her sweater and he says it was his plan to keep her around like excuse me oh my gosh (laughs) like it's just what else does he need to do besides telling you that he's so interested in you? I know. And and it's like, it hurts me because it's like, he's joking. But like deep down, I know he's being exactly, Exactly. Oh my gosh. As Adam's about to tell all of something, whoever barges in and is like, I, I forget who barges in, but someone barges in and basically interrupts him and then she leaves before Adam can say what he needs to say. And I still have no idea what he wanted to say to her. Um, I'm sure there's like theories about that, but I don't know if it was like mentioned in his chapter or whatever, but like I am dying to know. Allie mm-hmm. Hazelwood, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that leads us into chapter nine. So let me read my little synopsis. In Chapter 9, Olive has a final meeting with Tom to answer questions about her proposal at Adam's house. Finally, Olive discovers that Tom accepts her to do research at Harvard next year and, of course, wants to celebrate with Adam. Next, we get a further glimpse into the nature of Olive and Adam's relationship when Olive wants to go get the flu shot together and she discovers Adam is afraid of feeling needles. And I, this whole chapter was just like too many things, like one thing after another. And I was like, I I can't. So 
Yeah. Basically, you know, she shows up to his house and she sees that he's just getting back from a run and automatically she's assuming what kind of music he listens to and like thinking about what she would do to like bug him, like add Ariana to his playlist and things like that. And just, I don't know. I just love that she wants to like push his buttons back just like he does to her, you know? It's so cute, but I also think it's like she wants to like insert herself in his life like put little reminders that like oh olive was here like it just like makes me so happy that like she she wants to do that yes oh my gosh i literally love it so then next basically they go inside olive has the conversation with tom while adam's in the shower and basically she's not quite sure how it goes but then as adam and olive are about to leave Tom is like, I'll see you at Harvard next year, right? And she screams. And then she goes outside and she like freaks out, is like jumping around. And then he's like, are you done? And then she just like can't handle her excitement that she just run and like hugs him. And then the way she describes it, he hugs her back and just says, congratulations. Like it's just such a pure moment. And I just like the genuine excitement for her and like happiness I just it's it's just so it's just so sweet oh my god I remember like reading that and being like oh my god Tom's not gonna like offer her the position and then he like did it last minute and then she like she was so excited but also like Adam was there too and like she wanted to celebrate with (sighs) him and it's just so cute (laughs) I know I know oh my gosh but then we have another moment where Olive realizes that Adam could be the guy and she's still not quite willing to admit it to herself but now that she's like kind of put it together she's not going to be able to let it go you know it's like Mm -hmm. it's really setting in that like they could be the same person and I think this is a point where she knows but she won't admit it to herself but then there's like a part later on where she's like okay now I know for sure again they're in their car on the way to go do whatever and Olive's like, I want to go to Flucella first. And he's like, what the heck? And I just love how Olive like explains things to him. And like, and then they have the whole banter about just like him being afraid of the needles and stuff. And I mm-hmm. just love it. And like, I love that Adam showing his fear here, which he like never does. And Olive is just like kind of making fun of him. And she just like pushes him to do it. And I love this. It's like, yeah. Olive's about one to really like really push people to do things, but like she was like, we're doing it. And I just love this because this is such a like real relationship thing to do. And I just like, I literally loved it. I was surprised that Adam caved in because I was like, oh, you're afraid of needles, which mm-hmm. is like fine. Like that's a very real fear. But part of me also thinks that he only did it because he knew he'd go with Olive. Yes, which I is know. Like- no, he literally wouldn't have gone with anyone else. Like he would have never been convinced oh, yeah. otherwise. No, uh-uh. Yeah. And I okay, so then there's one more page that I just have to talk about. I marked it down as page 165 if anyone wants to go look. But basically it's just like Olive observing Adam and just her calling him adorable like multiple times. And I just love it. Like at this point, there's no more reservations about mm-hmm. her like being attracted or her being interested in him. She's just like, he's adorable. He just is. And I just think it's so sweet. Again, like the pace of their relationship is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I love that we get like these inner dialogues from 
Olive to see her thinking. And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't feel that their like romance was like rushed. Mm-hmm. It was like super cute and intimate moments and stuff. And I just, I don't know. It just felt really natural. And yes. I just like loved, exactly. I just loved seeing it. <laughs> I know. And, and I think it's so brilliant because it's like, like you said, it happens very slowly, but it's like they're normally dating, even though they say they're fake dating. So I like that we yep. still see so much development in that. Oh, yeah. And that is all I have for that chapter. So I'm curious what happens next. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, moving on to chapter 10. This is a big chapter. And in my opinion, I think it's the midpoint for Olive's character arc. And I'll, I'll get into it like why I think it is. Okay. But the first scene in this chapter, Olive is in the lab talking to her lab rats and she's also texting adam and they're flirting and he's like saying how like his arm hurts from like the shot the other day and olive asks if she should come over and kiss it better which is like you're telling me that like that's how you're flirting and this is supposed to be fake like (laughs) like, whatever are you kidding me oh my gosh they're, you know, they're they're texting and stuff, and then Anne, Anne interrupts them. <laughs> well, <course>. interrupts <laughs> Anne interrupts Olive and comes by to grab gloves and just like mentions that like she can see that Olive is like very very different with Adam. Anne knows that Olive is truly in love with Adam because it was never that way with Jeremy. Yes. Like Olive acts different with Adam, and Anne recognizes that. That literally puts Olive in like a spiral, Mm -hmm. like a horrible spiral (laughs) being like, oh, oh shit, like something's happening. Mm -hmm. So she texts Malcolm because, again, Malcolm's the only one who knows that this is fake. Mm -hmm. And they are going to go chat over at like the Starbucks on campus. And so they talk and she admits that she like likes Adam and that she wants to spend time with him and like there's a small inner dialogue that talks about how rare it was for her to like experience attraction especially sexual attraction Mm -hmm. on the top of page 173 and this is so random but I just wanted to mention it that like I don't think Allie Hazelwood like put a label on it earlier in the book Mm -hmm. but I love that she added this like little bit of detail to Olive because Mm -hmm. I don't think we see it often as a reader within books nowadays but I think it's getting better no and I think I think Olive's sexual orientation would technically be demisexual Mm -hmm. who are people that only experience sexual attraction after developing a strong emotional bond with someone Mm -hmm. which is very true because she like connected strongly with adam first before they even did anything yeah i don't want to give like all of a label you know like because i don't think ali hazelwood did uh, Mm -hmm. but um just mentioning it so then olive and malcolm are in the coffee shop and they're talking about how like if she's going to tell adam her feelings and she says no because she's worried that adam will think she orchestrated this whole thing Mm -hmm. to get with him in the end which like Makes sense, but I'm like, I don't know. I feel like Adam would kind of understand. You yeah, know? Like, oh, he would. You know? And then she mentions to Malcolm that, like, the bathroom guy who helped with her decision for grad school might be Adam. So, like, she's finally kind of, like, yes. saying it out loud that it might be him. Mm-hmm. Malcolm proposes the idea that Adam might like her back. But then Olive gets in her head and says no because, like, 
she doesn't think she's great. Like, she doesn't see herself in a positive light. So, like, why would Adam, out of all people, see her like that, too? I don't know. It's just, like, this entire book, her, like, friends are, like, telling her how amazing and beautiful and smart yeah. and talent- talented she is. But she, like, just doesn't believe it. Which, like, again, I think is, like, that inner wound that, like, she, yes. she needs to, like, heal. Well, I just love her character so much in that way because she's so yeah. real. And it's like, I think that's true for a lot of people where it's like, no matter who says what to you, if you don't believe it yourself, it doesn't mean that much. Like you have to believe that in yourself, you know? And like, oh yeah. So Malcolm says that like, if she tells Adam that she has feelings and he doesn't reciprocate, she doesn't have much to lose. But then it's revealed that she like really does have a lot to lose because she's been like loving the time that she's like been spending with Adam and like the way he smiles at her when she like orders extra whipped cream on her coffee. (laughs) Like all these like cute things that like she has come to cherish and she doesn't want to lose it, which like... It makes me so sad, but it's like totally understandable because it makes her so happy and she doesn't want to risk losing that, you know? Yeah, and we know that like Olive has dealt with some really, really hard grief in her life. And so I think anytime she feels like she's losing something, it's like really extra sensitive, you know? And so, yeah. but I think it's just like so, so beautiful that she's just like, I because she doesn't have like all these friends which is like fine but it's like she has just like a very close-knit group of people that she spends her time with and I think that like Adam has become one of those people and she's afraid to just like lose him as any kind of presence in her life yes definitely and that goes right into my next point because then it's revealed even more what her like emotional wound is is that like She's scared to move forward or even tell Adam about her feelings because all the people she's cared for about in her life Mm -hmm. are now gone. And, like, there's this fear that's, like, still within her that, like, she believes that if she lets herself care too much, Adam will go, like, all the people that have left in her life. It's It's literally, It's literally the saddest thing in the world. Like, Okay, so then all of – tells Malcolm again that like she's not going to tell Adam about her feelings and is basically asking how it would go. She says on page 177, how would that conversation even work? How would I phrase it? Do I tell him that I'm into him? That I think about him all the time? That I have a huge crush on him? (laughs) Before she can finish, Anne texts her, which is when she gets to look at her phone. It's 10 a.m. in the Starbucks that she usually meets Adam in on every Wednesday. And guess who is standing right behind her? <gasps> Freaking Adam. He was standing he was standing behind her while she was saying that. I literally screamed. I I more than any other part maybe I wanted to like crawl under the table, close the book, rip it to shreds, never read it again, burn it like Same. I can't. Same. I was so stressed but excited. Yes, too, you yes, know. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So that is how chapter 10 ends but it goes right into 11 so chapter 11 starts with olive asking if adam heard all that she had said and he says yes in olive's fast fashion she lies again bestie is just building her life upon lies at this point like she she has nothing you know like just freaking okay she lies and says it's it's not about him and adam says that he knows it's not about him And Olive keeps talking and rambling, and I'm just like, stop. You don't owe anyone an explanation, but she keeps, like, saying that, like, she has a thing for this guy, and, like, Adam says it's okay. 
Adam then begins to say if this arrangement no longer helps them anymore, that maybe they should just kind of, you know. But then Olive interrupts and just says that it's like complicated, but she can't tell this guy that she likes him. This hurts me because it's like it's just mis- miscommunication at yeah. this point. And I know the trope of like miscommunication mm-hmm. is pretty controversial. I don't mind it too much. But at this, at this moment, I was like dying mm-hmm. and not in a good way because I was like, I was like, just just tell each other, like, what is happening? <laughs> I know. And I got really frustrated because I feel like, like you said, the last chapter was really like pivotal for her development and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I think that like. This just brought her back. I'm like, why are you lying again? Like, you don't have to, like, admit to it or, like, sit there and have a full conversation about it. But you could have just, like, blown past it or tried to change a subject or something. Like, I just – why why lie and say it was someone else? Like, I know. Because if there's any shred of anything, Malcolm just told you that he thought that he likes you back and then she – she just gets rid of any chance that that could happen and it pisses me off yeah no same same but then the wonderful holden comes <laughs> um and interrupts them and we learn we learn that like him and adam go like way way mm-hmm. back in like high school and i'm I, I literally love it i'm so obsessed and like it's funny because then this chapter is basically just like holden telling all of about all these like funny stories and stuff but then a key key piece that mm-hmm. I also want to mention is that we also learn that Holden hates Tom. But we don't get much detail on that here, mm-hmm. but that he just, like, does not like Tom. Which I love that they did that because it's, like, already, like we said with the way that, like, Tom interacted with Olive, we already maybe felt a little iffy about him. And we yes. already knew that we really liked Holden. So the fact that someone we really like is like icked out by someone we're also like iffy about was very very like smart yeah very telling Mm -hmm. too you know (laughs) i think the funniest thing (laughs) in this chapter is that like when holden reveals that when he got dumped three days prior to prom adam offered to go as his date which is so cute but also but also that like it wasn't his first fake dating radio uh, rodeo like Olive is his second, technically. <gasps> I, yes, you're right. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> Once Holden leaves, Olive says that Adam didn't tell Holden that this whole thing was fake, and she asks why. Adam says he doesn't know, and he fumbles over his words and trails off. Like at this point, I'm like, just just tell her. Like both Literally. of you, just tell each other. Literally, like, oh like what are you waiting for? It's so obvious to us. But then, unfortunately, in this moment, that's when Olive realizes the ramifications of their arrangement on Adam's life. So she's only lying to Anne, and she doesn't really care about, like, what other people Mm -hmm. think of her. But for Adam, like, he's lying to a lot of people Mm -hmm. in his life, and it's possibly changing the way that his reputation is, like, looked at Mm -hmm. on campus as well, and, like, and it's not a good way either. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, like at this point, her situation is all figured out because like Anne and Jeremy are now happy together and they're dating, but Adam's research funds are still frozen. So like this whole thing is definitely benefiting Olive more than Adam. And she Mm -hmm. feels like really guilty Mm -hmm. because she's like developed feelings for her, which like she thinks that like Adam doesn't have time for. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care, you know. Reality definitely sets in. Oh, yeah. Like really quickly. And it's. 
it makes sense, but it also makes me sad because I'm like, oh my god, you know. Oh. So then Adam asks if Olive wants to get coffee, and she says no, which I was so angry about. Like, girl, just get coffee with him. He wants to get coffee with you so badly. Literally, and especially after he heard all these nice things, but then she's like, it's about someone else. I'm just yeah. like, really, Olive? Like, God. Yeah, I know. So then she, like, grabs her stuff, and then before she leaves, Olive asks if they're friends, and then a sad kind of expression crosses his face with that question, which, like, breaks my heart. But then he says, yes. And before Olive leaves, he says on page 187, Olive, you are really, you are extraordinary. And I cannot imagine that if you told Jeremy how you feel, he wouldn't. And that's the moment that when, like, (laughs) when Olive realizes that Adam thought that she liked Jeremy still and she was convinced she was going to cry. So she quickly says goodbye and just leaves the Starbucks. And that is how chapter 11 ends. I can't handle it. Like, the fact that he's just, like, feeling like I have nothing to lose at this point. Like, she doesn't like me like I like her. Like, he can't even help himself but tell her that he thinks she's extraordinary. Like, I, I know. just, it it hurts me. It hurts me so much. And it's like, and obviously it hurts Olive too because she was going to, she was going to cry. But it's just like, oh my God, my heart <laughs> was just ripped out of my chest literally, with this chapter. Literally. Okay, so I have one more chapter to discuss before, you know, we end this podcast. And there will be a part two, obviously. So we have <laughs> chapter 12. Let me give you the synopsis. Chapter 12 starts off by showing us just how much Olive is missing Adam. When Olive sees Holden and speaks with him, she learns that perhaps Adam remembered her from the bathroom after all and has been crushing on her since and received a warning about Tom. Olive has no idea what this means yet. Then when having coffee with Anne and Malcolm, Olive discovers that she's being forced to stay with Adam during the conference coming up. Dot, 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 darn. That's what I wrote. Because I was like, oh, poor you. You're going to have to stay with him. Uh, Whatever. Like, yeah. Okay. She was like, she was like so upset over it that like her friends left her out. But I'm I'm like, girl, like deep down, I know you're excited. She, She literally was just bummed about it because she was scared of like being in a room alone with him. Yes. Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> I love this comment on page 191 when Anne is talking about how she wants to make um, the STEM environment better for women because they're always around all these white men. And I was like, yes, like, yes, go off. Yeah. Um, so I just love her that she's passionate about that. So then Olive gets a text from Adam about like him sorry it's like she's sorry sorry oh my gosh okay i don't know why this gets to me adam texted all at first about the pumpkin pie frappuccino that he's like drinking and she's just like sitting there thinking about how much she misses him and it's just like it just goes to show how much of a slow burn this is and I'm like can we just have the burn already like he's literally like after everything that happened and how awkward it is like he just was like I'm gonna drink this pumpkin pie frappuccino like I uh, I don't know why that moment just it like physically hurts me because like you can see that 
that they think about each other so much even when they're away Literally. from each other and it, it yes. just like physically hurts me <laughs> i know i know i'm just oh, like oh. all you guys think about is each other so like let's yeah. just make this happen yeah exactly <sighs> On page 194, I literally wrote, okay, I love Holden. Um, <laughs> because he's telling Olive about how much she's noticed that, like, Adam has, like, changed or, like, lit up around yes. Olive. And, like, that's so similar to, like, Anne saying that she notices, like, how Olive is different around him. And I just think it's so great that they both have these people in their life that's calling them out or, like, mentioning this stuff to them when it's, like, they almost won't let themselves recognize it you know what I mean and it's just yeah yeah I think it's so cool these catalysts outside of them Mm -hmm. are telling them (laughs) what is happening but they're like no 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 which again is so frustrating because I'm like if you just if you just open your eyes literally (laughs) oh my gosh I'm just like just take a second and someone be brave for one moment exactly exactly um and then Holden gives Olive a very straightforward like warning about tom about Mm -hmm. like tom doing something to olive but also about tom hurting or like backstabbing adam and i just think like the fact that this was brought up again i was just like it made me really nervous about like what's to come because obviously like as a reader i'm like that's got to be foreshadowing Oh, a hundred percent and again too already at this point we were already like sketch Mm -hmm. like he was already very very suspicious so like when Holden said that I was like oh yeah so Mm -hmm. something is not gonna go right exactly what happens next is that we get the message or like Olive finds out that she got selected to make a presentation and she like literally wilts like She does not know what to do with herself because she hates like public speaking. So first she Mm -hmm. goes to her um, advisor and is like, I don't know what to do. And her advisor like encourages her. Then she runs to Malcolm and Anne and is freaks out to them. That's when Malcolm and Anne tell her about the whole thing about the living situation. And literally Olive is just going in circles in her brain like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to room with him and like all of these different things. And it's just, I I just, I kind of feel for her in that moment. But like, I'm also like, he, 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 you're going to have to share a hotel room. Oh no, darn, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I could definitely like feel her panic mm-hmm. because again, we know that she has like these feelings for him and like, she's, she's trying to avoid it, which like, again, we already, she already gave her reasoning. Mm-hmm. So we know. But the reader in me is like, yes, yes, <laughs> they're sharing a room. I know, I know, literally. And that's pretty much where the chapter ends. And like that will continue into chapter 13. But obviously that is going to be in our Love Hypothesis Part 2 podcast episode because there's just so much to talk about in this book that there's no mm-hmm. humanly possible way we could have fit it into one episode. Yes, so be sure to tune in next week for part two of the love hypothesis because it gets pretty juicy, so you don't want to miss it. (laughs) If we kick us a lot this half, this second half of the book, I'm literally (laughs) not going to be able to function. (laughs) Just a quick reminder, follow us on socials, email us, whatever, if you have comments or things that we missed with this, we'd love to hear them. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.